and welcome to Net Zero for Nothing, the podcast from the National Home Improvement Council, connecting industry, government and householders on the pathway towards zero carbon homes. I'm your host, Anna Scothan, Chief Executive of the NHIC, and in this episode, we're meeting Russell Smith and Tony Beer from NHIC member Retrofit Works. Retrofit Works are a member of the NHIC, and it's in this member series of Net Zero for Nothing we get to know better the thought leaders and inspirational people from across the home improvement sector. The NHIC represents the whole repair, maintenance and home improvement industry, from product manufacture, design, specification, install, insurance, certification and consumer protection. Our members contribute billions to the UK economy and invest over a million hours of CPD training each year. NHIC members are improving the nation's homes together. So let's get into today's episode of the podcast by welcoming Russell and Tony. Welcome, gents. Hi, good morning, Anna. Thank you for joining us as we come to the end of what has been a really busy couple of years for you both. From the early days of workshops and consultations with hundreds of SME contractors, designers, charities, local authorities, community energy co-ops, and right across the country, Retrofit Works has emerged as a strong, independent, influential organisation that represents its two kinds of cooperative members in the emerging retrofit marketplace. I want to explore further the different way that you guys approach uh, retrofit at Retrofit Works. But before we get into the nitty gritty, can I, we get to know you both a little bit better? And I'll start with you, Russell, your board director at Retrofit Works. How did your career bring you to this point? Uh, well, I'm actually a chartered engineer by background. Um, and I spent uh, 15 years or so with Balfour Beatty uh, working on heavy infrastructure projects. They gave me the opportunity, uh, which is really great, to uh, spend some time with a charity called Forum for the Future, um, something called Engineers for the 21st Century Programme, which is in 1999. Um, and it really opened my eyes to some of the big impacts that we've got uh, um, as society in general. I started to really understand about sustainability. I found it unbelievably shocking that nobody really knew the impact of housing uh, on carbon, uh, carbon emissions. And to be fair, 99% of the population still don't really. Um, but what I was, it, 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 the timing was quite good for me. I was about to buy a property that I wanted to do up and I wanted to see, therefore, how low I could get my carbon emissions. Um, and through the course of renovating the building, uh, I got my heating bill down to 50 quid a year. It's a Victorian three bed semi in Sutton, wow. South London. And <clears throat> I got to realise that nobody knew anything about it at all, really. But in order for me to work out the best things to do, I had to cut through all the complexity, which is one of the reasons why people don't do this, because you've got so, actually got so many options. Yeah. Uh, it's really hard making up your mind on what the right things are. It took me a year for my first house to make up my mind. Um, and then I had to convince a builder that was telling me I was nuts. Yeah. Um, uh, and that was just for an extension. The rest of the work I did myself. Um, but, you know, through the course of doing all that work, I had about 3,000 people come and look at it. I advertised it as a, as a thing that people could come and look at and people were really interested and this is sort of 18 years ago now. Um, so I just thought, well, crikey, there's 3,000 people here I've got the contact details of, I'll perhaps see if any of them want to be customers. So I started my own business, which is Parity Projects back then. Um, and uh, that's still going, but the, the big thing for me was 
well, actually, we need some structure to the, the, the other end of the supply chains. A lot of big top-down stuff going on with the Green Deal was emerging. You know, big companies, we're going to organize the supply chain. But actually, 99% of our market in the home improvement sector is micro and small companies. For sure. So it, Fit Works came about trying to work that thing out. So I've, I've evolved through that space, I guess. Yeah, thanks. And, and you're going to tell us a little bit later about the unique approach that Retrofit Works take to, to sorting this challenge out. Now, Tony, you're the new MD at Retrofit Works. How did your career bring you here? Yes, um, I've been in the energy efficiency industry since the early 90s. Uh, back in 1991, I started... Uh, for a, an insulation company doing straightforward loft and cavity wall insulation in um, in the southwest, and um, we were doing work before there were any grants around. So, uh, understanding that people were doing this to, to actually save some money, uh, understand understand from that. I did that for about fifteen years. Understand from that what a contractor goes through in terms of how difficult it is to keep the order book busy, how, how they have to keep trained staff on board. And, you know, I, I moved up to um, the Gatwick area and because of Gatwick Airport and the, um, the amount of uh, employment that was there, to try and keep a good steady workforce was very, very difficult. So, you know, understanding what the contractor goes through was really important for me because my next step of the um, career was in um, a managing agent type role. So dealing with contractors and helping them grow in terms of what they could do, what they needed to do for um, training, what they needed to do in terms of measures and understanding what measures were available to give a home a, a proper energy efficiency rating, not, not just... Um, where we have in a lot of the schemes that are around like eco today which is the energy company obligation where you've got loft insulation you can do and that's it yeah you know uh, trying to understand that <clears throat> you know doing what's right for the house is really important and instead of doing what's available and not looking at the whole picture that that's what brought me to retrofit works and when i joined because this is my second stint at retrofit works i was there for i was there for three years um, yeah just left recently but come back gratefully uh, on the md role but it was the first time i felt that i was with a company that knew what was needed and mm. it, it, it wasn't just about you can have this and that's it madam you know or you you need to do this so explaining that this is a whole house approach mm -hmm. and um, having members who actually are part of our cooperative and, and working for the members was, you know, it took me about three months to get my head around that, if I'm honest, uh, be because, you know, they are, we are working for them uh, as, as a cooperative. Um, you know, they are members, they own part of the cooperative. Uh, we're doing their work, really, and trying to do the things and show them we could do the hard parts and teach them how to become good at dealing with customers. And, yeah. You know, having um, the right way of quotations, you know, having terms and conditions and all that yeah. uh, is, is what we've done. So it's great to be back um, following in Russell's footsteps and um, looking forward to the challenge, which uh, is ahead of me. Absolutely. And, and not only do you guys you're inspirational for loads of reasons and i'm so pleased that you're members of the council 
because you re- you just think of it from a cons- customer's point of view, but also from the house's point of view, the whole building, yeah. as you've said, the whole dwelling, um, but also from the tradespeople's point of view, that mm. they, they are often, especially in RMI, they be, people, individuals become specialist at their bit of it. And the challenge with the house is that you actually need a, it's a, it's a, 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 a journey not a single sort of operation on a yeah. house. But Russell, I'm going to come over to you now because I, I want you to tell us, what, I know you're doing your own home was the inspiration for this, but how did you create the business? What is it? Um, Tony's mentioned about the cooperative side of things. So there's, there's two things that make Retrofit Works, I think, quite unique. One is you operate as a cooperative and one is you consider the whole house when yeah. you do interventions. Yeah, okay. <clears throat> well, Really, it all started when I got together a bunch of companies um, via a bunch of trade associations when the Green Deal was emerging. And I think, I don't think that they were, they were a minority of the industry looking at that model thinking, what? <laughs> what's, what's this all about? Where do we sit? And so I, the feeling was it was all going to be about subcontractor management and subcontractors getting subcontractors. And it's just, where's the value in that for householders? When you start getting chunks taken out of the price to all that, all that, all those levels of subcontract, it was never going to be good value for the end of the day, um, <clears throat> and and all those Chinese whispers it makes management impossible. So I wanted to see if we could explore a model that was about the, the, the smaller companies actually being in charge because generally they're the people that they're the organisations that know which householders will want this work and where to find them. <clears throat> there was no model. So, I'm just going to jump mm. in because Green Deal, mm. I mean, it was it was back quite a few years ago now, but it, it was a sort of an intervention that looked at can we do big construction company thinking to solve the domestic market, even though actually the domestic market tends to be, as you've said, it's those micro SME professional local organizations that understand their building stock, understand their customers. So it was it was a real mismatch of approaches, wasn't it? Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> and even now, you know, we've not been, we've still got a lot, long way to go, but you'll find that the people that are best at this stuff are also very good at finding their own customers that, uh, and they're, they're, they're waiting That's to true. be told what do they want to be led, right? And they're not going to, if, if you have anything other than an organisation that represents them, they're just not going to react. Um, at the heart of all this, you've got a bunch of householders that really don't quite know this is the right thing. And in my experience with parities, I've been producing householder reports for quite a while. And you might, a customer would buy one, they'd take it to their builder and the builder would talk them out of it because they yeah. don't really know what this is. Because there hasn't been a sort of national promotion of what retrofit really is, even though it's going to save them money, it's going to improve their health, long term value of the, the, the property will go up, all this kind of stuff. And you've got a contracting market that really doesn't get it. They've never been trained on it. Architects aren't trained on this stuff, really. I think they're starting to emerge now. But, um, you know, so all the professionals in this space really have not got their head around it. But we want to sit in the middle, really, to try and bridge that gap, which that catch-22. Um, but there's another bunch of people in this whole thing as well. We call advocates. These are organisations that do represent a constituency of people um, that want help. And uh, these... These are charities, uh, community energy co-ops, maybe even estate agents. They represent, you know, they, they meet people at a time in the life of a building when actually it's a real opportunity to get the work done. 
<clears throat> but none of them are talking to each other. There's no structure for that to happen. We felt we could come up with a model that could do that. And I wrote to, as I say, I wrote to a whole bunch of trade associations who wrote to their members. And uh, it was in 2011 that I ended up with 75 companies in Westminster Central Hall, all just turned up from all over the country to say, we know this is a problem, let's work out how to do it. And we had a whole day um, working out what, what this might be. And obviously I had to try and think of it in advance what this would be, but effectively we came up with a, all right, well, we, we think we could all do this together. There's a structure that we all need to own. And it was a co-op that came out of that rather than all saying, oh, let's have a co-op. Doesn't it sound lovely? Actually it was, oh, uh, this is the commercial model that can make us all equals so that we can yeah. come together in a local area where an advocate would say, okay, I represent these people. We need a scheme that does this for this bunch of people. And then the contractors can say, oh, fine. Well, we, we will organize ourselves, in the, organize ourselves in this way. But what Tony and the team will be able to do now is come up with some models that we've used over the years yeah, yeah. We, that we know work, yeah. that we don't have to reinvent anything. We just say, right, bang, here's a model that will work in your area. I mean, it's, it's, because you've run lots of pilots, haven't yeah, you? You've done absolutely. some great pilot work. Mm. And the thing is, everyone feels like they own it. I think that's the key thing. We're not talking down to them. We're asking them how they want to behave. Quite often, though, as we said earlier on, they don't quite know what they want. Mm. So we've got to have a little bit of design time, if you like, scheme design, service design, um, in order for that to happen. <clears throat> so, Tony, um, how, does it, how does it work in reality? So say you're going to a new area. I know you've, you've done ones in... Uh, Hastings and mm. um, Oxfordshire you've done some great pilots if you were coming I'm up in the East Midlands if you were coming yeah. up to the East Midlands virgin territory for you um, how, how would it work? I, I think um, one of the things that I think that retrofit works does very well is get rid of the barriers that people have so you could put um, 10 people in a room uh, they all want to do something to their house to make it more energy efficient, but they've all got reasons why. There'll be someone who, who's not sure if they've got the right contractor, one who doesn't know what they should actually do to their house to make it the most energy efficient with the money they've got. People who haven't got um, enough money to spend on it, but um, if we can get them, you know, the right contractor who's a member of our organisation doing the correct work for the for a sensible price, it's not going to be 100% the best price, but it will be a price that is sustainable and good for the customer. Um, we've got a retrofit coordinator who will put together uh, a plan for that property to get to net zero <clears throat> and they'll know in phases what they need to do so you know phase one is this it's going to potentially cost this much etc and then all of a sudden um, you're giving that customer a bit of confidence that you know actually what's going on, on and what's going to happen and all the way through the process the retrofit coordinator is there to make sure it's done to the specification that they've had um, to the you know the right quality of install that's going to go ahead and know when the job's completed it's been done and they can pay so it's all about getting rid of those barriers for people who you know in all honesty are not 100% know what would what what they need to do um don't know a builder from anybody else so you know we get them a, an approved builder who does it to the right specification and the right quality and we check it so yeah. I, I think that that's having a lot of um, confidence in what we're doing is going to be right for the property the right measures a sensible price but done to the right quality and that's the thing because 
you know, we're although we live in our homes, we're and we work in our homes as well now. Um, mm. a lot of us going forward. Um, but we're not necessarily experts in our home, and every Absolutely. home is different. Yeah. Um, even if you've got a um a street of terraces, every home will have had different interventions over its lifetime, it's lived in differently, it's got different um occupancy rates. So you do need advice and expertise that you can trust now mm. with the retrofix works model you mentioned about phases does it all have to be done sort of while the cooperative is in place or does the cooperative stay connected and so if if a customer says well i can afford to do phase a here mm. but then i'm saving up for phase b and i'll do that in five years time is it is it is the house improvement able to be a journey as well Absolutely. It, it, the house is going on that net zero journey. And, you know, not everybody can spend, you know, £150,000 on a, on a full house retrofit. So, you know, people have to do it in terms of what's best for the property, as well as them, in terms of, you know, people want to save carbon and also in these these days um the energy costs is yeah, with rising energy considerably rising. um so you know if you need to do things in sequence potentially so subject to what funding you've got but uh, it's almost a, you know it is a journey for the house so that they do phase one next on the agenda is phase two and but they can do part of phase two you know it, it's not don't go to someone in phase three because that needs to be done you know after phase two because you need to integrate what you're doing into the fabric of the building yeah and that's been one of the challenges i think with recent interventions that have come out uh, and they start really pushing a technology intervention but mm. if you've you know really technology interventions are probably sort of phase three or even four and if you've not done your front end ones you you can um end up with the wrong technology solution Absolutely, yeah um so it's about understanding that whole house plan isn't it it is yeah here is it is making way for things i mean it for instance you, you, if you've got a phase plan and air source heat pump is in phase three but suddenly your boiler goes bust well you need to be able to shift your, your heat pump through but it's understanding all the things that would that, that need to be put in place in order for that heat pump to work well um or in, indeed anything that might have been in that phase plan gets shifted the key thing as a retrofit coordinator is knowing how not to block the things that are coming later because that's where the costs really start going crazy i lose count the amount of times that called us over the year people have called us over the years and said i'd really like to put underfloor insulation in they've literally just put a new oak floor down yeah you know it's it, that that plan is something that i think is essential for everybody and that's one of the things that we do within our programs actually so your, your question about if we suddenly appeared in the east midlands the first thing we do actually is understand the housing stock of the area because there's a couple of ways for us to uh, to approach a scheme actually, um, <clears throat> and one thing we did with uh, Cozy Homes Oxfordshire, which is a, a program that's designed for uh, willing to pay customers rather than grant based program, is by creating an energy model of every house in Oxfordshire. We also then have the ability to have an online platform that allows householders to log onto their own house and see what's possible before they've spoken to an advisor so they know whether it's worth engaging that's really quite an important phase absolutely um so you know uh, once you've then got that knowledge it's about engaging with the sort of member categories that we that we mentioned earlier on that needs a bit of time you need to build up some trust 
who are these nutters from Oxfordshire? You know, is this real? Um, and quite often what's worked for us is bringing members along to talk about what their experience has been. So it's not us. It's, it's actually self. It's like you create the movement, really. It's, uh, every time I speak to you guys, I'm like, please come to these Midlands quickly. My, my 300 year old house needs intervention. Um, well, since COP, obviously we had um, COP26 last year up in Glasgow. And since then, there's been lots of talk and, and, and followed on from that was the um, Duke and Duchess of Cambridge with their Earthshot Prize and things like that. And, and, and a lot of talk about this being a pivotal decade for climate change. What do you think that means? And also tagged on to that, what do you think that we can start doing as individuals and families at home um, to, to make a difference on that? And Russell, I'll come to you first on that, if I may. Well, you know, we, we've been working together on national retrofit strategy work uh, via the Construction Leadership Council. Um, and I think one of the, I, I mean, if you just look at the maths, if that's a good place to go because I mean it's boring to most people, but actually yeah. you can't argue with maths, right? Nope. Um, and if we're targeting change, uh, government's doing it legally by 2050 to decarbonise the economy. The uh, International Panel on Climate Change, um, their their view is it's 2040 if we're going to have meaningful uh, um, active action, really. So that's 18 years for us to decarbonise homes. The modelling we did for the Construction Leadership Council's National Retrofit Strategy was, was we're looking at what it would take to get the housing stock decarbonised in that period of time. The simple fact is we've got some enormous challenges to be able to hit that target. And uh, if some, of the, some of the numbers really, you know, um, if we look at the amount of people we might need, for instance, it's around about 400,000 additional people we need in the RMI sector in order to hit those, just literally the amount of work that needs to be installed in these properties, it needs that amount of people to work at that pace. Um, the amount of money just, required... We'll just start, I'll just, I'm going to jump in, because yeah. you haven't mentioned how many homes there are. No, absolutely. Yeah, this, no, is on, this is on top of people wanting something done and a new yeah. kitchen and that sort of stuff. This is all in additional work. Yeah, yeah. So this is, we're talking about 27 and a half million houses, really. Uh, to, to, to that time. If, funny thing is, because we don't really have building regulations that force this particularly hard, which is hard, it, it, it's politically, it's a minefield, right? I mean, which politician yeah. is going to force people to do things in their own home? But the issue a brave is, one. yeah, a very brave one, but around about two and a half percent of all homes every year are substantially renovated. If regulations were nudging people to do this anyway, we probably wouldn't be in a difficult place, actually, because it was, it'd be normal. Um, and the conversation that happens the most is a householder picks up the, the, the phone to a, a, a builder. I want a new kitchen or, or whatever. That conversation never includes these carbon targets or the insulation that's required or the air tightness or the fact that an air source heat pump is probably going to need to be installed. Though That's not even happening. So what we're finding, actually, is when that work happens, we're baking in carbon now. Yeah. And that kitchen goes in on average, a kitchen's replaced 11, every 12 years in the UK. That's 12 years of locked in carbon. Yeah. So we're actually achieving the opposite right now. We're baking in the worst case scenario and we've only got 18 years to sort this out. So there's all sorts of those catch 22s that need to be sorted. So is it critical that we sort this out? Absolutely. Because when every day we're making it worse, not better. Uh, we're not even neutral. We're making it worse. <laughs> um, so yeah, we're at a really, really critical juncture. 
and, and interestingly, the Grenfell situation, and I know some of the other NHS, NHIC members are really getting very, very hard behind the scenes on making a good, good lot of for us all that of the, on the back of the Grenfell inquiry. You know, there are some things that you know, the golden thread, that kind of stuff, finding its way through every home, not just tower blocks. Yeah, it's a really critical piece of work that could really happen to make everybody's life a little bit better. But it needs to take, it needs some boldness from politicians to really start making some big changes on the on the building regs in order for this to be normal. Yeah, Otherwise we're not going to get there. Absolutely, and it's it, it, they are big numbers, and it's mm. really easy to say. Um, oh, the numbers are too big. We're never going to achieve it. We're never, well, if you don't start now, it's only going to get worse. Um, and, and Tony, do you think new build is part of the solution? New build is the opportunity to really build net zero homes. Uh, I think that's so important that, you know, we cannot be building homes that need retrofitting two years, three years down the line. You know, wh why can't we have heat pumps with um, solar panels on them and you know the insulation should be up to standard you know the, the, the house builders should be made by legislation and you know building regulations to do work to net zero already you know we yeah it's, or as close as they can get to it i, I understand well, we know it you know, can so, be done yeah, exactly. pilots yeah. experiments it has yeah. been done it's yeah. just that the regulations aren't forcing it yet it, it, this is where you know everybody looks at their EP, well, does everybody look at their EPC when they buy a new home? Every new home that they buy should have a whole house plan. Yeah. Why, why, why can't everybody goes there? It has, a, it has a piece of paper, a 10-page document that tells you how to get to net zero when, you, when you've bought that home. A lot of people do renovations when they buy homes. You know, they'll put that new kitchen in when they first go in there. Put the insulation in the wall when you're doing it before you put the kitchen in, etc. So, I think yeah, you know, you should have existing. Uh, sorry, new homes should have that really quality net zero specification to them, because you know why wouldn't we? It, yeah, it, it's cheaper to do it when you build it than when you actually try to retrofit it. So that's for sure. New build should have it in, and then if somebody buys a a, a home. They have a whole house plan that they pay for. Some people pay for a survey, which just because they have to, you know, for their home so they can get the mortgage. Let's have something that actually says, this is how you get to net zero. This is what you've got to do. And when you're doing your renovations, think about, you know, look at this phase and, you know, when you're doing a new kitchen, put this insulation in, do the floor before you put new carpets down, all that type of thing should be there when people buy existing properties, as well as people who are trying to do the um, the right thing without moving. So I think there's, yeah. there's lots of options for people to get this plan. Absolutely. And it starts giving the household that knowledge of and, and, and a bit of confidence to be able to say to contractors that they have working in their home, well, I've got this, and especially if it was a, you know, if it was a government endorsed mm. thing, yeah. um, I've got this thing. This is what it says, and and there will be a bit of wiggle um, on it, um, but it it because at the minute we 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 um, there's a lot of lack of knowledge, isn't there? Yeah. Certainly but, in the in the customer base. Yeah, and, and and for our members as well, they can also add another measure to what they're doing. So you know, if you've got a a kitchen installer put some insulation in as well or you know so they can add more 
work that they can do and grow the company. We'd help them to understand that. So we've got exactly. a, we have yeah. um, a really comprehensive program of CPD uh, access to to, uh, to training on, with, with manufacturers. So for all of the products that, that we, we we endorse, that there'll be uh, training from the manufacturers uh, in, for our members, which is usually free. Um, so that they know what, what it is we're, our retrofit coordinators are actually recommending. <clears throat> so uh, the holy grail for us, I think, is that we, whenever we start a scheme up, so when Anna will come up to where you are, um, you know, we'll have a whole bunch of contractors locally that they might specialise in the kitchen. A household has asked for some insulation. They might not know what the hell that means, but they will bring the customer to the scheme. They say, okay, well, I, I want this kitchen. I want to do the kitchen, but I want it to be flushed through your process first. I own the co-op. Um, I, I trust you and I want the kitchen back when you finish with it. So we'll do the whole house plan. We'll put a bit yeah. of detailing together. We might even find another contractor to do the insulation if the kitchen guy doesn't want to do the training. Um, but the, the bottom line is the co companies are being flushed through in the right process. The plan's in place. Things are getting done in the right order because that is the least cost for the householder. Um, a lot of people, they, they would take uh, a, a construction uh, contractor's a word is gospel and uh, and quite often um the, the contractor they don't want the job of course they want the job they want the sale they want to get the, they want to get the fee and they want to make their margin and, and but actually none of them are doing that in a, in a particularly evil way they just don't really know quite what to say and they need somewhere to go to get the advice there is an element of as well um you'll be aware of the federation of master builders campaign for licensing of builders as well I think that's really critical to put some structure into an area of the industry that ha hasn't really got structure. And the licensing could just but part of the license could be right. We want you half a day every six months to have a little session with not just yeah, not just retrofit works who provides this on, but other other organisations might be a local building control team as well. This is this is the latest for retrofit. These are the latest uh, products that are available. This is the latest intelligence on how we're all doing. These are all the benefits people are getting for this better ventilation, better air quality, lower bills, whatever it might be, just to get people moving on in the right direction. Yeah. Because we, we often have, and, and across the NHIC, we've got manufacturers that are members as well, and they really struggle to get their innovations out to market sometimes. And it could be, you know, a shower unit that gives an amazing shower experience, but doesn't use as much water or as much energy to make the heat. Um, but but the system, you know, going through retail outlets to the customer and if the customer does buy direct, there's that nervousness of they often get pushback that, well, I've never installed this shower before. And it, it could be mm. so so that there does need to be a real. Um, and I don't want to say upskilling because it's not that it, it isn't a skilled profession, but it, it's a knowledge transfer that's got to happen, yeah. isn't it? Right across the across the field. It's a, it's a bit of additional knowledge that just and, and, and they've got to trust that knowledge as well mm. this isn't somebody trying it's not this, we aren't quacks trying to sell them something that's too totally crazy right this is all tried and tested and proven monitored and there's reports coming out of our ears now on the benefits of all this stuff um <clears throat> uh so that's why we've what we've tried to create at retrofit works is a model that people just genuinely trust uh the the, the agenda is all about householders moving on in the right direction, but but done on the basis that they're getting, they're getting a really good offer from a contractor that we've we've vetted. They wouldn't be a member unless they were awesome. Yeah. Uh, and designing a scheme with the with the local uh, um, 
advocate type organizations that are representing those householders needs so you, you couldn't get a better way of, of making it more inclusive and more trusted um so i think this is a question for tony um how are you going to scale it when are you coming to the east midlands and all the other places you need to get out the south come on guys well that, that that's the whole thing and, and the crux of the matter anna is quality installers are very difficult to get and uh, I know it's something that um, Russell feels passionately about in terms of colleges you know training these next next people in the market because you know you the average age of plumbers is 55 or whatever it is 56 and you know gas gas installers they know, they have to understand that they're going to be out of business quite soon because you're not going to get any new gas boilers you know put into new build it's going to go happen into this so do a bit of training on air source heat pumps get an electrician on board you know think about how you're going to do it and i think it's it's they have to have the confidence that work will come so they can scale up their own company because you know when when a builder puts on a new vehicle he's got to have you know two new people in that vehicle to do the work extra supervision admin in the office so he's got a commitment and if we've had too much booming bust in this industry that everybody has scaled up and all of a sudden they pull the plug oh. uh, so i think for the first time it seems like everybody's got it on their agenda government seem to be saying the, the right things um to give someone some confidence that they can get that extra team and do that extra measure and get another supervisor in there to get it through. So, you know, I think that's that's for us to help these companies grow. Uh, and that's how we're going to be able to get retrofit at scale throughout the country. You know, if we if we started doing work in East Midlands tomorrow, Anna, mm -hmm. we, we wouldn't have that infrastructure behind us to have the right contractor, the right retrofit coordinator confirming that the work's done properly so it'll fall down so that's where we need these extra contractors better contractors and more people to because don't forget our guys are independent to the builder and the the homeowner so we're giving advice that's for both people we help the the builder as well as the homeowner so yeah you know the builder's I've got some confidence in what the retrofit coordinator is saying is correct. They're doing the right thing. And once they finish, that job will be doing what it says on the tin. You know, it'll be yeah. saving carbon, it'll be saving energy. Tony, about the fact that we've got two approaches to the way we deliver schemes, actually. Mm. So whilst on the one hand, uh, we are delivering the, the grant-based schemes. So in other words, we, we've gone out to tender on behalf of our members and we're bringing them a consistency. So that's a key thing that Tony mentioned there. All contractors want to see consistent level of work over a period of years so that they can invest in themselves and start to actually underpin these all these 400,000 people we need. Mm. They're not going to do it unless there's some consistency there. Um, so we just we just won the um, the Greater London Authority's Warmer Homes Programme. Um, that's, that's a £32 million programme uh, over the next uh, 18 months or so. Uh, for us to deliver there so that's a consistent workload but we've been procured for many years beyond that as well they're, they're, that GLA have just got to raise the money to go beyond that so that's brilliant so I'm, I'm now form, forming formal coalitions with colleges training providers across London so that we can start to plug that gap uh, but the local contractors need to be honest with us about what they need as well rather than yeah. the, the modus operandi is give us as much work as you can give me 
and I will, I'll sort it out. Well, hang on. <laughs> so yeah. they need to be honest with us as well. So that's how the co-op model works. But the other, the other way we work as well, though, is where there is no infrastructure, there is no grant for the people that have got money. There are no schemes either until we came along with Oxfordshire, Ecofirm in London and Warmer Sussex. And now as well, we've just won uh, the Greater Manchester Combined Authorities Able to Pay programme for covering all of their 1.2 million houses as well. Um, and the model in Oxfordshire has just come into profit. So it's a self-sustaining for-profit, sorry, not, it, it's for able to pay customers. We are not a for-profit organisation, but once you start getting the self-sustaining model, you're able to have something replicable there. But to get to that point, we've had to work really super hard. We've got a phenomenal team on the ground there that's been able to make that work. Mm. Uh, really put, you know, lots of hours gone into getting contractors down there up to speed. Um, you know, fantastic at, at doing the building work. We've had to backfill them with all the other things like method statements and contracts and that kind of stuff yeah. to, to, go, yeah, to yeah. work to our standard. Once you've got a machine like that that can really start to flow, you're you really going great guns. And that's, that is replicable. But it okay. needs, needs some cash. So, Anna, if you know anybody in East Midlands who wants to start this up, what they really need to do is work with us on the financial model, which we've got, we're willing, we're willing to share. But there's yeah. a cash flow problem. If we're going to come up with a new brand, do loads of events for local organisations, start putting uh, um, some, some uh, get some case studies and get some householders out there in advance, that costs money before the money starts coming in that yeah, we learn. Yeah, yeah. But we reckon we need around about three to five hundred thousand pounds for every new area we start. But we can pay that back. Yeah. So it's a cash flow problem. I see. So as we start to draw our chat to a close today, mm. which is a real shame because I could talk to you guys um, forever. I I think it's just you've you've revolutionised. I think um, it in in your approach. Um, as you know, the podcast is called Net Zero for Nothing. So while we sort out this cash flow problem and before we get you up to the East Midlands and all the other areas, before you're across the UK, um, what can listeners do today for nothing or let's say less than £100 that would make a huge impact on beginning to prepare their home for the future? Who wants to grab this one first? I can see it. <laughs> um, there are some, there are some amazing things. I mean, quite there's a lot of advice that's come out actually in in, in response to our dependence on Russian gas as well. Mm. Um, there's a lot of really good stuff out there. And turning your thermostat bulb down by one degree, I guarantee you, you will not feel that difference, but it will save you a load of money, and it reduces your carbon emissions quite significantly. Mm -hmm. um, uh, drafts are a big thing in, in older houses as well and there are plenty of things that you can really do to, to reduce those it could just be a sausage under the front door or whatever you want to call it uh, you know uh, putting a little bit of blue tech over the keyhole you know that kind of stuff it's, it's actually psychologically starts to spur you onto the bigger things as well um, you feel like you've made a bit of a difference you might not necessarily see those things straight away in the, in the difference in your bills but you will definitely see a benefit in your comfort and these things can build so psychologically, you started. Um, and um, there's not a lot you can do in a house for 100 quid, unfortunately. Um, but one thing I would say is you get yourself some advice and try and get yourself yeah. a whole house plan. You yeah. get a vision of what you need to do. You can start. It might take you a couple of years to even take your first step. And that's often the case with our customers, actually. But you get to a point where you've got all the knowledge, you know, broadly what you're going to need. 
So you, when you do go and have that kitchen you've always dreamed for, dreamed of, you can actually do the things at the same time that we'd be talking yeah. about. So that plan's critical. Um, but a good plan will cost you more than 100 quid, unfortunately. Um, but it's, it's worth its weight in gold. And, and where should people go to to get a good plan? Is it, do, do people need to put in a search engine retrofit coordinator local to me? Is yeah, that where you'd go for one? It's a good start. The, the retrofit coordinator sector at the moment is, is built mainly around the grant schemes, though. I mean, we've got two different, Tony and I were talking about this earlier, we've got t- kind of two different types of coordinator even when the metric works. We've got those that are built around the PAS 2035 uh, eco-stroke lad type grant schemes. And we've got other guys that are built around whole house retrofit that work quite closely with architects to be able to do extensions and stuff at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, we we try and create a similar plan for all though. So even the grant schemes, when, they, when, when local authorities, et cetera, work with us, they'll get a whole house plan for every customer as well built into our program. Um, <clears throat> but where we've got our um, online uh, tools in Oxfordshire and in, soon in Manchester as well, you can actually get a pretty good plan for free. Um, but that's only going to be crystallised properly when you've had a survey by someone in your own home that's checked the dimensions and all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah. So um, there's lots of ways to do it, but a retrofit coordinator, yeah, find a local retrofit coordinator and hopefully they'll be honest enough to say what the, which one of those two types they are that's great advice find a retrofit coordinator that's local and ask do they mainly do mm-hmm. grant work or are they able to do yeah. um oh, whole house plan yeah exactly right yeah yeah that's brilliant advice in fact i might even take you up on that advice myself so thank you so much russell and tony for joining us on this no episode of net, net zero for nothing Uh, which is part of the member series for the National Home Improvement Council, the voice of home improvement. I've been your host today, Anna, and this has been Net Zero for Nothing, the home improvement podcast that connects industry, government and householders on the pathway towards zero carbon homes. Mm